The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and strategies to shake up the status quo in human resources and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz is HR Analytics. Here's a reality check. Your workforce can account for up to 60%. That's right, I said 60% of your company's total total operating expenses. It's staggering, absolutely staggering. But I have a couple more numbers for you. According to success factors, 95% of the workforce does not understand your company's goals and strategies. 84% of companies don't even use their staff to its full potential. And 50% of the average workforce's capacity is wasted on, wait for it, wait for it, non-productive work. Are you guilty? These numbers are even more staggering. What does this all mean? It means that your HR department should be applying as much intelligence and the right kind of analytics to their people-related decisions, because that's what they do, as your finance managers, your sales managers, your production managers, your supply chain and other business managers are applying to their own areas. But hey, if HR is using activity metrics that lack a performance context, a business performance context, they could be spinning their wheels, and guess what? They're spinning yours. I have a great panel today of very, very smart people. They sent me some provocative quotes. You know how the show works. Let me read you the quotes, and then I'll introduce my panel. First up, return guest, wonderful lady, smart as a whip, Greta Roberts, founder CEO of Talent Analytics here on the East Coast in the Boston area, and she has a very, very simple provocative quote, so simple we could embroider it somewhere. HR is the new marketing. A lot of depth in that. We'll have Greta tell us in just a couple of minutes exactly what she means by that. Also joining us today is Holger Mueller from Constellation RG. That's Ray Wong's part of the world, and, and we're very, very happy to have Holger come on. Uh, we've had Ray on. We've had Alan Lepofsky. He's coming on another show soon. So Holger, looking forward to talking to you, and he has an interesting quote. The holy grail of analytics is to give analytics metrics into the hands of business users. There's that business word again. We have to find out about Holy Grail. I love that one. Rounding out our panel today is Peter Howes of Success Factors, which you know is an SAP company. And here's a quote. If ever I heard a provocative one, here it is. Peter Howes says, HR analytics is the most immature area of specialization in the HR function today. Let me repeat that. HR analytics is the most immature area of specialization in the HR function today. Sounds like there's a long mile of work to be done. So join us for more of their expert insights on HR 
are analytics, science or art, and I might add, or a combination thereof. I am Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to HR Trends with Game Changers presented by SAP. Guess what? We're live. It's Tuesday, October 29, 2013, and I'm ready to introduce my panel. I hear some background noise. Somebody must be sitting in a busy window with traffic outside, but this is live radio, so we'll just rock with it. First, I'm going to introduce you to Greta Roberts. She's the CEO of Talent Analytics Corp. and a faculty member at the International Institute for Analytics. Greta has over 20 years working for world-class tech innovators like, here's the list, Lotus, Netscape, Webline, Cisco, and Open Ratings. Talent Analytics is a leader in predicting employee behavior, the next logical step behind, beyond predicting customer behavior. Got to stop there, Greta, otherwise we take up the whole show. How are you, Greta? I'm really well. Thank you for having me on the show again. Excited to be here to talk about this topic. Wonderful, Greta. We have to do a shout-out to Mike Kennedy. He's always there in the background working to get you on the show, and I want to say thank you to Mike. Greta, where are you calling from today, and how's the weather? Um, We are calling today from New Hampshire, and it's a little crispy, actually, today, but we're in a New Hampshire office, and it's beautiful, so it's nice to see the fall happening. I like crispy. I call this Lipton weather, Lipton tea. Remember the brisk tea from the old advertisers? Absolutely. It's brisk. Thank you for joining me today, Greta. Can't wait to hear from you. And joining us, as I said, is Holger Mueller, Vice President and Principal Analyst at Consolation Research Group for the fundamental enablers of a lot of tech words here, the cloud, IAAS, POS, with four A's up the tech stack. I haven't heard that word in a while, Holger, into big data and analytics and sometimes even SaaS. Holger provides strategy and counsel to CIOs, CTOs, that's chief technology officers, CPOs, chief product officers. Boy, that C-suite table's getting crowded. Investment analysts, venture capitalists, sell-side firms, and tech buyers. And I have to make a note here that early in his career at SAP, Holger started the product suite that's currently SAP CRM and worked in the office of Chairman Hasso Plotner. Holger Mueller, welcome. How are you today? Thank you. Very good, Bonnie. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Silicon Valley, San Carlos, and I don't know what the weather is because I'm in Carlson 6 a.m. and haven't opened the curtains yet. Okay. Yes, it is kind of early for you. Well, you'll find out after and you'll tweet. And by the way, thank you for tweeting before the show. I see you there at Holger MU. Appreciate that. And we've got Success Factors is already tweeting with us. By the way, if you want to join the tweet party, it's hashtag SAP Radio. I know you can spell that. And now let's move on to introduce our third guest, also a return guest, Peter House, founder and former CEO of InfoHRM, just the way it sounds is how it's spelled. He is now the VP of Workforce Analytics and Planning at Success Factors, an SAP company. Peter has over four decades of experience in HR management. He has earned a distinguished global reputation as a pioneer and thought leader in, and this is why he's here today, HR metrics, HR analytics, and HR workforce planning. He now has an ambassadorial role in advancing the analytics and planning business of Success Factors. Welcome back, Peter House. How are you today? Hi, Bonnie. I'm very good, thank you. Good. Where are you calling from? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from London today. And? And? um, Yep, getting cool here as well, like um, Hampshire. And and, uh, as you might have read in the paper, they had a a hurricane through here yesterday, but I was in Oslo, so I missed it. Okay, I'm glad you missed it. And what's your weather today? It's a little cool. And what time of day is it there, Peter? It must be late Um, for you. Very civilized, 4 p.m. 
Oh, wait a minute. Are we keeping you back from high tea, or shouldn't I ask? Is that what you're going to talk no, about for no, our No, 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 but there'll be something else after the show. <laughs> I'm sure there will. We'll find out when we get to the coffee break segment. So let's go and take a deep dive to my with my special guests into their quotes. Greta Roberts, you're up first, Talent Analytics. HR is the new marketing. It sounds very provocative, Greta. What do we mean? How big is it, the new marketing? Talk to me. Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. Um, It's been really helpful for us as we're talking with customers to really go back about three years ago when marketing was struggling to have a seat at the table and to really have business benefit kind of justifying what impact they had on bottom line. And then something happened where they discovered analytics, and they also discovered that they held important data about people. In this case, they had important data about customers. And when they implied this new, um, more advanced analytics to their customer data, all of a sudden, they were literally having a profound impact on bottom line ROI, either increasing sales or increasing customer satisfaction. Um, and they're the new heroes of the organization. I mean, modern analytics, you know, um, big data, et cetera, is all around typically optimizing customer behavior or customers purchasing, et cetera. And I see HR in the same place where marketing was maybe two or three years ago where they're discovering, oh, my goodness, we hold this important people data set, just like marketing, Mm -hmm. except HR's people data set is employees or candidates. And now they're applying this new analytics to the data set they own, generating new business, again, maybe new sales, maybe, um, you know, new uh, saving money, increasing customer satisfaction, et cetera. And I think they are on the cusp of being the new heroes of the organization. And in some of the customers working with, um, they are the new heroes. And that's why I think it's just really helpful as a metaphor to think about what marketing is doing and use the same metaphor for what HR is starting to do um, and is doing in some cases. Very profound, Greta. I like that. Very good. I'm glad you're with us because I know you have a lot more to add to the topic. Thank you. Holger Mueller, Constellation RG. Let's talk about the holy grail. I love to hear that. The holy grail of analytics is to give analytics metrics to the hands of business users. Talk to me, Holger. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the holy grail, right, and, and what Parsifal, the, the lowly night is searching, right, the wisdom part is um, right now analytics can be done by the so-called data scientists, highly qualified, <clears throat> trained professionals who know exactly how to build analytical models, predictive models, and use that. And then these models get applied to real life very much what Greta was saying, but they quickly get out of date, they can't be used, they're kind of like in this egghead part. And in the adoption of that, the really holy grail for any vendor in that space is to give these powerful analytics into the hands of the business end user, a manager who's making, saying, a hiring decision, a promotion decision, a succession decision, in order to make a better decision and trust software, trust analytics, to help them either to suggest something or to do mm-hmm. something. Now, the big problem is that, unfortunately, our friends in marketing, which uh, Greta referred to before too, like new buzzwords, and a lot of things which are really only normal business intelligence, reporting, and dashboarding get called analytics. So be careful when you see people calling things analytics which do not suggest or take an automatic action because then I would call them the false analytics which do a bad service to the overall quest to get to the holy grail. 
Oh, thank you very much. Good, good intro there, Holger. I appreciate it. We have a lot more to hear from you. And Peter House, let's get you in here. We've got a couple of minutes before the end of the segment. So this is profound. Peter, you and I had a prep call a couple of days ago. We were chatting about the topic, and you had sent me a quote. And then somewhere along the line, you just said these words, and I think I pounced on you, Peter, and I said, that's it. That's the quote for the opening of the show, because I thought this was so interesting. And, and I believe the other guests have referred to this. HR analytics is the most immature area of specialization in the HR function today. Peter, where does this concept come from in your experience at Success Factors and Info HRM? Well, Bonnie, what I'd say is that, you know, most areas of specialization within the HR function of organizations has a center of excellence, be that around center of excellence around talent, compensation, um, recruitment or staffing, etc. So, very few companies today have a centre of excellence around workforce analytics, uh, and that's, that's a part of the um, lack of maturity. Even more concerning is that when organisations do have a centre of excellence and the people that organisations have around workforce analytics tend to be technology specialists who spend all their time um, extracting data into Excel spreadsheets and continually rebuilding Excel pivot tables to support the um, change in org structure within organisations. And I regard that as a very immature. Very few organisations have data scientists, as, as um, Hogger was talking about, but even there, I think that's not enough. I think the two critical competencies for maturity of a, of a human capital analytics function would be the skills to interpret the information. You know, how do we, how do we really interpret that information and then how do we convert that into a story and storytelling? Because managers, you know, don't spend a lot of time sifting through very technical data. You know, we need to convert it into a story. I think to support the interpretation, we need to have a lot more focus on the segmentation of workforce analytics. So segmentation is a very critical word for, for me. And, and most companies only report aggregate workforce information. And, you know, as I often like to say, I regard aggregate workforce information like voluntary termination rate for an organisation as mm -hmm. ranging from being useless to dangerous. Um, generally, I think it's useless because all companies do is report it on a monthly basis and do very little with it. Next month they report it again, the following month they report it and so on. I think that if we're going to get insights into the information, we've got to segment it down. So if a company, for example, had 12% voluntary termination rate at an agreed level, from a benchmarking perspective, that might be a reasonable result. But if a company has 12% voluntary termination rate, I can pretty well guarantee that for half the workforce, the voluntary termination rate is under 3%, and there's pockets in the organisation where it's 20 and up to 30% voluntary termination, giving an average of 12. So we only get insight by ah. breaking the data down. Yes, yes, I can see. So uh, what did they say, Peter? Something about there's an old old saw. You know what that means, and I know Greta does too. I'm not sure Holger's uh, old enough for that. Uh, what is it? Statistics uh, will mean anything you want them to mean, depending on how you use them or misuse them. Something like that. I don't know. I'm not quoting anybody. Right. Uh, we're just it. about something like that. We're just about at break, but I have a quick question for my three guests. I titled this episode, 
HR analytics, science or art? I'm going to ask that question with a one-word answer for the three of you. Greta Roberts, talent analytics, HR analytics, science or art, or fill in the blank. Science. Okay. Holger Mueller, Constellation RG, science or art or? Creative science. Ah, Peter Howe, success factors, science or art or? Both. Both. Oh, I love controversy. This is better than I thought. You know what? It's time for our first break. You're listening to HR Trends with Game Changers presented by SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Happy, very happy to be here today with Greta Roberts from Talent Analytics, Peter Howes from Success Factors, and Holger Mueller from Constellation RG. Stick with us for the next 45 minutes. We're talking about HR analytics, science or art or creative or both or you name it, we'll go there. Don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, that app. Brad, we're ready. Take us out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers. Presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. Here we are, my favorite French express. Well, there are two of them, actually. One is Je pense donc je suis, so here we are, and I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking I want to ask my three esteemed guests, what are you drinking today, or what do you wish you were drinking if you weren't live on the radio with me here at HR Trends with Game Changers? First up, our lady on the panel, Greta Roberts, Talent Analytics. What's in your cup, Greta, or? Or or what do I wish would be in my cup? Well, you know, I just read a an article, a retro article, 21 years ago was when a woman spilled scalding coffee into her lap and sued McDonald's, and I think she yes. got $2.something million that was then reduced right. to $500,000. And I think the coffee industry has changed a lot since then to try to accommodate not scalding people. So in light of this um, and the actual temperature of the coffee in my cup, what's in my coffee cup? is tepid coffee not too exciting <laughs> but it's true <laughs> i need a fl- i'm the one who sent you that article greta so i know what you're talking about right what what exactly. what flavor even if it's tepid coffee sounds a little ah uh, so so what flavor is it what brand is it come on give us a little more coffee on the bones here greta you know it's dunkin donuts coffee i must say just regular uh, i think it's dark dunkin donuts 
Good. I like that. We haven't had a mention of Dunkin' Donuts on the show in ages, so it was long overdue. Thank you. And I'm hoping, Tom, uh, Tom Flanagan, I'm hoping you'll tweet what you're, what you're drinking and Malcolm Kimberlin as well. Holger Mueller, Constellation RG, what are you drinking today, Holger? Well, I would drink a German beer, of course, in the morning, uh, based on the purity <laughs> laws from 1516, but um, that wouldn't have been appropriate. So I come from a wine-growing area in Germany, so I normally drink wine first thing. But given that I have to have some sharp thoughts with this panel, I'm drinking Tepid Hotel coffee, which is cold by now, and some Fiji water out of the Pacific. <laughs> that, that's a big menu of drinks. By the way, Holger, you told me in your bio that you speak six languages. I'm guessing German, French, uh, well, English, we know German, French, English. Uh, what are the other three? Uh, Italian, Dutch, Spanish. So I speak Italian longer than English. I grew up in Italy. Very wow. interesting. Thank you. You can throw in a little Italian here from time to time and just Careful. just tease us a little bit if you'd like. So there. You can and see my Peter... hands moving, right? <laughs> I have to hold mine still. They don't let me have caffeine on show days. Greta knows that. Peter Howes, all the way in the U.K., what are you drinking right now, or what are you going to be drinking after the show, Peter? Well, what I'll be doing after the show, Greta, um, Bonnie, is I've got a, similar to Hogger, I've got a bottle of 1990. Um, Penfold Saint Henri Siraz, which is from Australia, and so I'll be decantering that after the show. And about two and a half hours later, my wife and I'll be drinking it with dinner. How? Oh, very. Did you say Shiraz? Is that what the uh, yes. the lab? Lovely. That's it's a, a nice, nice a, one. Um, yes. Nineteen ninety vintage, which is a good vintage. Delicious, and I like the word decanting. That's very formal and very, very sophisticated. Thank you, Peter. I have to read two more tweets. Malcolm Kimball, my co-producer for all of the SAP Game Changer shows, is back to the Keurig, Keurig using a low-impact, high-recyclable K-cup, but we don't know what the flavor is. Okay, Malcolm, go enjoy. And Tom Flanagan, who is our, uh, our we'll call him our co-producer here on HR Trends Radio, says he's drinking his morning bulletproof coffee, which tastes even more delicious in this brand new, ah, wait for it, Game Changers coffee mug. Glad it arrived, Tom. That's terrific. Glad to know. Okay, it's time for us to get serious, although I know the Shiraz was serious business, as was the German beer and the hotel coffee. It's time for us to get a little more serious here and get back, deep dive into our topic. I'm going to kick off the roundtable discussion with Greta Roberts. I want to talk about something interesting. You sent me in some notes before this show, Greta, and we've covered a similar topic. Give me a second to get to it. Similar topic on other episodes of this HR Trends with Game Changers series. Let me read it. Greta, I'm going to have you jump in, and then I'd like to have Holger and Peter address this as well. So here's what Greta says. Today's performance management is evolving to focusing more on identifying those naturally optimal in a role versus spending millions of dollars on a support system of training, coaching, and forcing employees to perform in a role they have no interest in. So we're talking natural fit versus, damn it, we hired you. We're going to make this job work for you, even if it kills one or both of us. Greta, where does this come from? Is this part of your research at Talent Analytics? And and how important is this? How do HR analytics help to evaluate this or or figure out what really is cost-effective for a company? Excuse me. Thank you, Bonnie. Yeah, it actually does come from our research. And I like to keep going back to that marketing metaphor because I think it's fun to try on. Um, It's very similar in marketing what they 
create as they look at performance or buyers who actually buy, they come up with something called buyer personas, like, oh, wow, this kind of person tends to, we can predict that they actually have these kinds of outcomes. What they don't do is say, you know what, yes, buyers, I know you do these things, but we're going to try to train you to have different outcomes because we really wish you would do other things and we have new programs going on. I mean, that's just preposterous. They know, they can predict, they can actually watch the data and see that there is a better performance if they naturally allow buyers to do what, you know, what they want to do. So instead of trying to, if you apply that into the employee metaphor, we actually do see that with the research that you can actually measure with employees things that what we title their raw talent. And Mm -hmm. um, instead of saying, you know, yes, we know, you know, Mike or Bonnie or Greta, you'd prefer to do these kinds of things, but we had to move you into a different role. Let's spend all kinds of training and coaching and mentoring, et cetera, to try to get you to do something that you don't. Again, trying it onto that marketing persona thing, it's preposterous to think we would do that. In the marketing area, why should we be setting up all these support mechanisms internally Mm -hmm. inside of organizational walls to try to train people to be something they're not? So, yes, we definitely with our work see that when you're able to align those things, you can actually predict, um, you know, roles where people are going to perform versus another one, which sets up a really different approach to um, employee, you know, performance optimization. It's really selecting the people and moving them around into optimal places versus saying, we're just going to put you somewhere and then, and then train our brains off. So, um, yeah, yeah. it goes back to the old phrase. I, I keep pulling these out. Uh, fitting around peg in a square hole or vice versa and i think that's what yep. you're talking about is don't hire the person with a reason for what their fit is and don't try to retrofit them or overfit them or retrain and refit them it probably won't work uh holger Mueller from constellation rg what's your thought on this this wasn't something i i was planning to talk about but it was so compelling i think we need to address this before we get into it. and of course analytics plays a part so what in your research the clients you've worked with the constellation holger do you find you agree with what Greta is observing here? Yeah, no, Greta is absolutely up to something. I think um, enterprises very much try, starting with the beginning of HR, where you basically describe positions in the enterprise which are very, very static, and then you try to match them to employees and uh, talent and their profiles, and there's usually a misfit, and instead of um, aligning those two and making the best for the employees out of it, we usually, or often the practice is, uh, this is what you have to learn. This is what you have to be certified. And, and like Greta said, millions are spent on that uh, without uh, lots of return of it. So I think we just see the beginning where companies are starting to understand what are the talents, what are the capabilities, what are the strengths and what are the weaknesses of employees trying to put them in the right place. You know, one of the encouraging things to see at the recent HR Tech Show was that for the first time in the industry, a um, vendor started to partner with the, the Myers-Briggs uh, personality profile. Now, that's a start that you know what, what mm-hmm. kind of personality person is. Now, the part which is still missing overall management is how do personalities and their capabilities interact to make successful teams, right? Because no longer about the individual, it's about team productivity and team performance and which players do you have to hire, promote, move into teams to make them successful to get the right business outcomes. Right, and that goes back to which players you have to hire and your hiring practices and your mindset when you post a job, when you put the job listing together. How do you find the right person so there is a fit? I want to bring Peter Howes from Success Factors into this. Peter, agree, disagree? What are your findings, please? Actually, I I pretty strongly agree with the statement. I think um, 
you know, I'm reminded just listening to this conversation, there was a book written by Marcus Buckingham. I can't remember the exact title about 10 years ago, but the fundamental thrust of it around performance management was we should pray to people's strengths, not try to develop their weaknesses, you know. You, you might want to work on some weaknesses so they're not dysfunctional, but you only get great performance by playing to people's strengths. And my HR training was in the 70s, and in the 70s, you know, we did a lot more work and talked a lot more about job design and job redesign. And, you know, we don't tend to talk about that as much today, but to me, job redesign is all about how do we design jobs to get work done as a byproduct of maximising our capacity to harness the talent of individuals. Thank you, Peter, and I have some references for you. I just looked up on Wikipedia, Marcus Buckingham, British-American, New York Times bestselling author, researcher, speaker, and business consultant, best known for promoting what he calls strengths, and his books include Now Discover Your Strengths, The One Thing You Need to Know, Go Put Your Strengths to Work, The Truth About You, and Find Your Strongest Life. Any of those the ones you were referencing, Peter House? Yeah, particularly the first one. Now discover your strengths. Good. I thought I'd do that for you. And by the way, Malcolm Kimberlin has found the quote I was referencing before. I really botched it, Malcolm. Thanks for looking it up. He says, statistics never lie, but liars use statistics. That was the one. Thank you, Malcolm, very much. We've got a great tweet stream going on here, and Mike Kennedy from Talent Analytics is joining us along with Holger. You're talking and tweeting at the same time. This is very exciting. Uh, We have about, let's see, about two minutes left in this segment. I want to go to something provocative that Holger sent me, just shifting gears here a little bit, just before the break. Holger, this is as uh, compelling, provocative, maybe even contentious. Let, Let me read it, and then you react, and then we'll pick this up after the break. Holger says, analytics got hijacked by the marketing people because they needed something better and newer than reporting dashboarding, charts, etc. And now we call cars airplanes. For goodness sake, Holger, tell me, what are we talking about here? Yeah, we're just labeling something which is something different as as it, right? So analytics is really when software can take an action, automatic action, or at least suggest an action to the user. And a chart or a nice graph or a nice report, which is called analytics lots of times around, is definitely not analytics, but something else. Okay, and then we're going to get into, when we come back, real analytics versus fluffy analytics. I'm going to ask Greta to comment on that one. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to us live. It's Tuesday, October 29th. My goodness, is October really going to be over this week? Where did the year go? This is HR Trends with Game Changers presented by SAP. I'm speaking today with Greta Roberts of Talent Analytics, Holger Mueller from Constellation RG, and Peter House from Success Factors and SAP Company. We'll be right back with a lot more on the truth, the real truth about HR analytics. What do we have? What are we doing with it? What are we doing about it? Where is it going? And in the final segment, we'll get their predictions. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I still will be after the break. Don't even think of going away. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. 
Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at twitter hashtag sapradio now let's get back to hr trends with game changers I have a real quote for all of you. British Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli, 1804 to 1881, said the following. There are lies, damned lies, and statistics. Ha! And what we're talking about today is HR needs the right analytics. They need the real deal. Welcome back to HR Trends with Game Changers. Okay, let's continue our roundtable conversation with Greta Roberts. We're picking up with a comment that Holger Mueller from Constellation RG sent me, but I know you're, you're chomping at the bit to answer this one. You can tell real analytics versus fluffy analytics with a few simple questions. So what's your interpretation of real versus fluffy? I love that. Greta Roberts? Yeah, it's a, I think it's a great point. Um, a couple of questions that I would ask, and as I see with our customers, um, real versus fluffy analytics, especially in the HR area, Fluffy analytics, to me, are things that are, um, A, they're not automatic. Um, they're reports. They're very historical. And they don't directly impact performance. So an example would be, you know, how many people are trained. I mean, you might think that, you, you, you know, you would think, mm, yeah, probably if we train people, performance goes up. But there has to be a better measure to actually show when we train, then sales go up or customer service scores go up or, mm-hmm. you know, attrition goes down or whatever. And so fluffy to me are the things that you're measuring right before you actually measure the final performance impact. And I think we, you know, along with uh, Holger and um, Peter, you know, we need to be focusing. It's not okay anymore to, for us to focus on fluffy analytics only. We might, you know, have some of that, but I think we need to go directly to the analytics that shareholders care about that affect bottom line business results. Thank you, Greta. And the way that's been interpreted to me and my role at SAP has been we want to measure outcomes, not just activities. Would you say that's accurate? Absolutely. Yes. Yep, so the activities are fluffy. Wow, look how many people we trained. And the uh, the outcome is what was the measurable results that impacted the business, yes or no, good or bad, of that activity called training. So good point. Thank you. Holger, since you sent me this, I want to find out your interpretation, real versus fluffy. What questions do you ask to distinguish these? It's very simple for even for a business user. If the software does something and you don't do anything, and it's real analytics, right? We all, let's talk about the consumerization, right? Lots of people use uh, Siri from Apple. It, it tells you something without you seeing something, doing something. It just takes the action. You ask it anything, and it will hopefully tell you something reasonable. Yeah? 
okay. example, in the business world, if mm -hmm. your credit card gets declined because uh, the software thinks it's fraud, it does take that action. That is real analytics. You don't see it. You don't see a dashboard. You don't see a report. You don't have to log in. Mm -hmm. The software does something for you. And in a little more weaker case, because this could be even scary if the software does hiring decisions or, or anything like this, it at least has to suggest something. Right? There's been some intelligence in the background which tells you this should be the best course of action, the next best action for you as a manager, as an employee to take. Then you talk about real analytics. You don't see any charts, any graphs, any reports. You don't have to log in. It just tells you it does something for you or suggests something for you to do to get to exactly what we said before, those favorable business outcomes. Holger, I want to reference something I read in the opening before we bring Peter Howes in. I'm actually going to quote a statistic from a wonderful infographic on the Success Factors website. I want to get your reaction to this. 95% of the workforce does not understand the company strategy and goals. So would you say just holding a lot of webinars and seminars and group meetings and, and widespread training and say, okay, 99% of our workforce took the training, that still doesn't mean that they get it, does it, Holger? Yeah, no, the, the, this is the input-oriented part of, of doing a lot of stuff and thinking by spending more on training, communication, you will get uh, better parts. But the, the efficiency of that is gradually diminishing, and it doesn't tell you anything. What, what matters is that your organization lives those values every day without mm -hmm. um, you, you having to monitor and follow that up. That's what the outcome is that you want to have in these parts. Good. Thank you very much. And Peter House, I have to get your input on this. I know you have a lot to say on real versus fluffy analytics, and I know you want to take us a little bit into the domain or the realm of workforce predictive analytics. Talk to me, Peter House. Well, Bonnie, what I would say in terms of – I want to come at that from slightly different perspectives. So mm -hmm. I would say that, you know, more than 90% of the times I hear people talk about human capital analytics in organizations, they're not talking about analytics. They're either talking about reporting or metrics. So I think there's an incredible level of immaturity, and that's one of my key themes here in the HR profession around analytics. And I like to think of analytics as being a continuum in, in organizations. And, and organizations, by and large, from my experience, have to go through it in a real, relatively serial way. You can't just jump to the end point. I think in organizations, we start with data. We have lots of data in our mm -hmm. HRIS systems. Um, many, many companies around the world still have problems today accurately reporting the information, you know, in terms of getting consistency on headcount. Reporting is only good as the definitions around inclusions and exclusions. So I think from reporting, we go into metrics. I think metrics is simply one number divided by another, like labor turnover rate, absence rate, career path ratios. Mm -hmm. um, you know, metrics require grade four maths. You know, it's not hard. I think from metrics, we get into benchmarking. I think then we get into analytics, and I think of analytics as being looking for correlations, um, scatter plots between measures, et cetera, finding, you know, tests of significance, et cetera. I think there's a whole area of index measures we haven't got to yet as a profession consistently, like managerial bench strength is not a measure. You can't get one number divided by another. It's, it's mm -hmm. weightings to multiple factors. And then I think after index measures, we get to predictive analytics, where we can use structural equation modeling, other statistical techniques to quantify out the impact some people factors have on business performance. And I guess in that, I'd, I'd just refer to one thing. I think it was in 1998, in the January-February edition of Harvard Business Review, there was an excellent article on Sears, the retailer, on 
effectively predictive analytics and the service profit chain. Since 1998, 15 years ago, I've never seen a similar um, article published in a main journal on HR-related predictive analytics. Okay, thank you, Peter. And and I want to bring up something else. I'm going to move the conversation in a slightly different direction, actually back to something that came up much earlier in the discussion. I want to talk about what is a center of excellence. Let me quote something Peter House sent me, and then I want the entire panel to really dissect this so that our listeners, and, and may I remind you that our listeners are hearing us on the business channel or on iTunes. We don't know the size of their companies. We don't know whether they're C-suite, whether they're entrenched veteran H. HR analytics folks, whether they're HR managers, whether they're employees of somewhere, whether they're startups, all we know is that they're here in the business channel. So I want to give a definition. So the, the, the information Peter sent me is successful implementation of workforce planning and analytics requires the creation of a center of excellence supporting the analytics and planning functions. Peter House, kick this off for me, please. We have, we have six minutes left, plenty of time. How do you define well, a center of excellence? excellence? Being a group of specialists. So most yes. HR functions and organizations is, is you know, built around um, HR business partners who are much more generalists. But we have centers of excellence around functional areas like staffing, compensation. But I think we need to do a much better job around a center of excellence on workforce analytics and I'd say workforce analytics and planning. I think that, you know, today I doubt that, you know, 80-plus percent of HR generalists, HR business partners, will ever be able to cope with um, HR analytics. I think that even in the future, I think I doubt that 50% of HR business partners will be able to deal with HR analytics. So we'll need um, a specialist people who can find insights into the workforce data and push them out to the organisation. So... Analytics, workforce analytics does not, does not follow the theme of that movie, you know, build it and I'll come. It just doesn't work that way. Okay, field of dreams. Thank you for that. Greta, jump in here, please. Center of Excellence, what are you observing in your work at Talent and Analytics? Who has one? Where is it successful? Who's running it? Is it a C-suite function? Where does it come in the, in the chain? Yeah, thank you. Um, this is actually more than my opinion. This is actually what we see in the data of the people that are typically in human resources. And we look okay. at their data and we look at their raw talent and we compare that against the people that are actually delivering other analytics. As Holger said, you know, marketing has hijacked analytics and doing, you know, X, Y, Z with it. But we see some people are, to Peter's point, trying to say, come on, HR, let's train you to do analytics and existing generalists, you know, business partners, et cetera. We can see it in their data, the people themselves. They're different people with a different predilection to the kind, you know, to being able to do analytics. They're people people. They're not task people traditionally, and I'm really simplifying that. And so if you talk about center of excellence, um, whether it's a center of excellence or whether it's hiring deep dive analytics people to teach them the business of human resources versus trying to, you know, take human resources and teaching them the business of analytics, the second one is not going to work. They're different people. Um, and they, you know, they, they love a different kind of thing. And so my suggestion is to bring deep dive analytics people into the HR department like we're starting to see with analytics people or data scientists across the organization where they're tending, the analytics folks are tending to be embedded into the business. Um, so um, 
to me, that's really what it, for the folks that we're working with and the customers that are starting to see absolutely impacting business performance in a way that shareholders recognize. They've been able to bring in um, analytics people into HR and set up their maybe, you know, analytics center of excellence, which is a different thing than training the HR people how to do analytics. Thank you, Greta. Very, very good points. Holger Mueller from Constellation RG, I need to get you in before the break. What are your thoughts? How would you define that thing we're calling center of excellence? Where does it live and who gets trained for it? Who is the natural fit? Let's go back to another theme on the show today. Holger? I'm going to make this more controversial, right? I would like centers of excellence to disappear and the centers of excellence being moved into the software, which is at the fingertips of the HR professional. So similar how you can ask Siri, what's the weather tomorrow in Boston? Or mm-hmm. are the Red Sox going to win the series or the Cardinals? <laughs> Business professionals should be able to ask software, analytics software, to say who's the person I should hire? Who's the person I should promote? Who should be in the succession plan? And the software might take the action for them or it might suggest it to them. And they may like it. They may trust it. They may say, bunch of rubbish. I'm not going to use it again. I might say, hey, this is a good suggestion. I'm going to use it. And the encouraging thing is... <clears throat> Already over six years ago, we've been able to build software to do that, to help uh, hiring pipelines to be clustered down, to figure out who you want to invite, to figure out who you want to have an interview, for instance, to talk to. So centers of excellence are great. Data scientists are great. The holy grail is when the software can do this for the normal business user who doesn't even know and needs to know what understands behind it, and he trusts us to the point that he lets the software take the action or at least says, give me some suggestions, right? Give me another point of view. Explain to me why you would suggest in a recruiting situation this candidate. So centers of excellence should be in the software being used by the professional. Are we talking AI here, Holger, artificial intelligence? I haven't heard that term batted around in a long time. Am I on track, or is it something no, else? No, it's, it's really analytics, right? So, so in a dedicated situation, using predictive algorithms, using decision models, statistics to do that, artificial intelligence is not sure if that's going to happen. The big enabler here is big data because for the first time, companies mm-hmm. can store all the electronic information they have available without thinking, this is going to take me out of business. For 99% of the time of computing, it was too expensive to store all that data and bring in one place. Now you don't have to be the government. You can be a normal business. It will not take you out of business. And you will just have enough compute power to just run these models for you automatically. And they will find out what are the better ones. And you will just say, do I want to hire that person? Do I want to promote that person? Do I want to put this person's succession chart? How do I set up this team? Does it make sense? And it's going to get so complex from the data side that you have to rely more on the software to help you making these decisions. Thank you very much. Guess what? You took me up to the final break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Greta Roberts, Holger Mueller, and Peter Howes to look into that infamous or famous crystal ball and tell me if we met five years from today, or you can change it, three years from today, three weeks, three months, five, whatever, ten years, if we met at a future date and had this discussion on HR analytics, science, or art, what would we be talking about? Would it even be a discussion? And if we had to answer that, what would your answer be different from today or the same? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Taking our final break, my guests are now out in the garage. I can hear them polishing off the crystal ball. I think Red is using a silk scarf. I don't know what the guys are using. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Brad, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality, your HR department is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line, you need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers. Presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time for predictions. I love the crystal ball segment because I ask my guests to put on what we used to call in school the thinking cap and look ahead and tell me if they can predict five years out, would we be talking about HR analytics, science, or art? Would the answer be science or art or both? Or would this be a moot discussion? Greta Roberts, Talent Analytics. How far ahead can you see, Greta, and what do you see, please? Well, my crystal ball is clear, so it's not fuzzy. So I feel very good about <laughs> good. the prediction. And I actually think it's two years from now. Um, ah. Two years from now, I believe that employee analytics will be as advanced as where marketing slash customer analytics is today. Um, the payoff for businesses in being able to predict and optimize business performance is it's too strong. Um, that that march towards more analytics um, for predict- predicting employee performance and business performance, that march is going to happen. So, you know, I believe businesses will continue to understand employee personas as well as how they do with customer uh, personas and really focus on tying that to an increase in business performance. Greta, how automated will the processes be in terms of finding, identifying, as you said earlier in the show, those who naturally fit and optimally fit a role rather than spending the proverbial millions or the real millions on a support system to train them, coach them, and force that square peg into the round hole? How sophisticated will mechanisms be in the two years you predicted? Yeah, I actually completely agree with Holger that um, what we want to do is we need to, you know, for it really to be an uh, analytic solution, it needs to be operationalized and treated just like we do with customer analytics, that that is built into the system. That's what our software does today. It's embedded. And actually, to Peter's point about art or science or both, um, just what customer analytics, you know, the, the uh, analytics, the models may suggest X, but it still takes the person at the end of the day to go, really? Is this what we want to do? Um, and take maybe that science, the uh, art part of it to say, ah, I don't know. But it needs to be absolutely running in the background, suggesting and learning as it goes and taking advantage of the decisions that are made and the new outcomes so that things continue to, you know, the models continue to advance. So, Completely agree. It needs to be automated. And ours Good. Is. And what, 
One more quick question before we turn to Holger Mueller for his predictions. Greta, will there be special tracks in high school or in college or both training people to understand the art and science of HR analytics? Will this be a major? Could you, will you be able to major in two years in, I want to be an HR analytics scientist. I'm going to take that major. What do you think? I think that HR analytics are just analytics. I think it's just okay. a data set, just like every other uh, data set that's out there. And so, yes, there are uh, high school school uh, um, um, tracks today in analytics or statistics or math or other things. We're working very closely with a number of universities who are, you know, who have analytics, statistics, math courses. And so that's one thing that I would love to do is to help people understand that HR analytics is just analytics. It's a different data set. It's a special data set, but every, everybody's data set is special, like medical data set or whatever, which means that it's actually really not special. So um, I, I think that's one thing that we need to unhook people from thinking is that this is a special data set. It's a data set. Thank you. Thanks for the reality check. I appreciate that. Holger Mueller, Constellation RG. Predictions, what do you see, and can you go five years or like Greta, two years or something in between? Holger, talk to me. Yeah, so I would hope that in two to five years, exactly what Greta said before, learning adaptive analytics software will give HR professionals the answers they want to have. And no, it will not be taught in high school because uh, that, that train has parted 20 years ago. Maybe you could have learned something about analytic models, which will be embedded in the solution. It will just take the decision for you. And we have actually a demo for you as a special greet. So are, are you ready for that? Of course. Talk to us. Greta, who will win the World Series? <laughs> oh, there's just no doubt. This is part of what we do. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Red Sox all the way. Greta, for sure. this was a and bad demo. We should have said the Red Sox right away because then I could have said with the same certainty and confidence that Greta said the Red Sox will win. In the future, HR analytics software will answer the questions of the HR professionals. So maybe with a little more question and modeling, but a per perfect example for how it should be. Siri should be the thing that Siri-like questions should be asked by the HR professionals. And between two, three years from now, that's the holy grail of analytics, that the power of analytical models to get to design business outcomes at the hand of the business professional who has no clue how they work. And it doesn't mm. matter. They just have to trust yep. them or pick one of the actions they recommended. If they're suspicious at the beginning, which will be perfectly legitimate, they will say, why yep. did you recommend this to me? And this has to be explained really well so they can gain the trust into their analytic advisor. Very interesting. Thank you very much. Peter House, time for your predictions. How cloudy or clear is the crystal ball over there in the U.K. today for you, Peter House? Look, I think it's cloudy for me only because of how little progress we've made in the last 10 years. So I'm going to talk about I think there's a big difference between analytics in HR and predictive analytics. I think that we are going to see a much more rapid growth in, in analytics over the next two years but I think it's going to take much more like five-plus years to have the majority of companies systematically doing predictive analytics. So I will agree with Helga that, you know, we do need to, and also with, with, Hol with Holger that, and Greta, that we need to get this into the software. You know, and I think that we will see much more pre-built content from vendors around both analytics and predictive analytics as well as metrics. Um, I, I think there's still some skills which I see differently from others in terms of the extent to which you can automate. I think interpretation skills will still be there, will still be required, and I think story, 
telling skills will still be required. So I'd like to make a metaphor between, you know, workforce analytics slash predictive analytics and seismic surveying in geology and mining. I think that mining software does not remove the need for geologists to interpret the information and to find areas of interest to probe further. I think analytics and predictive analytics gives us areas of interest to probe further. We just still need to interpret that information and, and then gather additional qualitative information and use that to design interventions to address underlying root cause problems. So, you know, I'm a bit more cautious. I think it's going to take longer before the majority of companies are doing. We're going to see early, more early adopters over the next two to four years, but I think it could even be, you know, five to ten years before the majority of companies are doing it. Thank you very much, Peter. I have a bonus question for my panel, but I need you to answer in one sentence only, each of you, because I need a minute to close the show. We talked about identifying those naturally optimal in a role. I'm going to ask this question. The pervasiveness of data on workforce or potential workforce, candidates we'll call them, the pervasiveness of their social data on LinkedIn and on Monster and on the ladders, the pervasiveness of readily available data, will HR systems be able to go out and and basically mine that data before you even contact someone? Even if they didn't send you a resume, will you go searching or is that already being done? Greta, is that the present, the future, or does it matter? Um, it's already being done, and it will certainly get better. Ah, good. Thank you very much. And Holger Mueller from Constellation RG. Thoughts? It's, it's, it's the present software which is going to travolve, change the recruiting game. Okay, good. And Peter House from Success Factors. The same. It's, it's, it's happening today, but it will become more pervasive over the next few years. That will happen much more quickly than some of the analytics on the workforce. I think we're going to see much more of the free text analytics evolving very quickly. Thank you very much. And you all kept to your one or two sentences. Thank you. I appreciate that. We usually get some soapboxers in the last 30 seconds here. So thank you. Guess what? It's time for my predictions, and I wrote them down so they're easy. Next Tuesday, HR Trends with Game Changers, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. We're going to talk about, that's November 5th, working models, virtual hives. Think of beehives. Virtual hives for collaboration and innovation. Great topic. Tomorrow, Coffee Break with Game Changers, Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. Here for me. It's October 30th. Wow. Urban Matters, the best-run cities, part two. Exciting topic. And Thursday on our Startup Focus with Game Changers series, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 Eastern, October 31st. Halloween, trick-or-treat, I say treat. Getting the first customer and then the second customer. What's the difference? How do the successful startups navigate that minefield? Thank you to my special guest today, Greta Roberts, Holger Mueller, Peter Howes. Wonderful panel. You played well in the sandbox. Great camaraderie. Good conversation, great talking points. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Shout-outs to Liz Brenner. Thanks for sponsoring this series. Tom Flanagan, what can I say? Can't do it without you. And my steady and steadfast co-producer, Malcolm Kimberlin. Thank you to Brad and the Business Channel team. And now it's time for my call to action. Are you ready? Greta, Holger, Peter, fasten your seatbelts. What are you waiting for? I know you three know how to do it. Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another edition of HR Trends with Game Changers presented by SAP. Talk to you tomorrow on Coffee Break. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. 
the best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.